0: Hi, thanks for listening to my podcast, Let Me Introduce You with Jane Milton. I've been working with food businesses for 35 years and now I'm taking you behind the scenes in my business to connect with some of the great specialists, entrepreneurs and producers that we work with to hear how we create strategies that inspire business and how we help them create the perfect teams for specific projects and for their business as it grows so that they can get great results faster and much more cost effectively with our support than they would on their own. I truly believe the food industry in the UK has some of the best people in it, and I'm lucky enough to know and work with the very best of those. Let me introduce you to William Chase, an inspiring food and drink entrepreneur. His career in farming has seen him as a commercial potato grower, create Tyrrell's potato crisps, then Chase spirits, and now Willie's apple cider vinegar, and a cluster of new products that are all fermented. He shares that he would love to inspire and encourage others and that his greatest influencers are people who inspire him to try new things, to have a go or to do something differently. Growing up on a very mixed farm with access to the countryside, fresh produce and small scale animal rearing, and the most delicious Jersey milk gave him a foundation to appreciate good food. Recently his interest in fermenting, eating well and having a better overall balance in his life has led him to adjust his diet and his lifestyle and he is clearly enjoying learning and sharing that journey and what it has taught him with others. Can you tell me how you describe the work that you do now to people? What what do you say your job is?
1: I think I'm an entrepreneur now. I didn't like that word because there's so many of them, but I, I do actually like the word entrepreneur now because I think the word entrepreneur means a, a solution, a problem finder, a yep. solution finder. So so I think I am a true entrepreneur. And I think I probably was a serial entrepreneur and I'm probably now more of an Apple entrepreneur, but I think I was a serial entrepreneur. How's that?
0: That's great. Is that what you started, what you're doing now? isn't isn't what you first did so when you when you left school what did you do and how did you get to where you are now <laughs> well, I, I,
1: I left I left school very young very early age my mother died when I was quite young so I sort of um left school and I sort of worked at home on the farm a bit and things and wanted to do I was always quite difficult so I always wanted to never do what I was told so I sort of um try to find my way but I just I love making things and creating things and I think that's probably growing up on a farm and their whole yep. ambience of helping my mother freeze food to grow vegetables to do different things probably put me in the frame of it so I, I'd say as a as, as a grower and a manufacturer of food that's sort of been that was my life was set then I suppose at the age of sort of 14 15 I
0: guess it's incredible isn't it it's incredible to look back now and and you know, and just see that that influence. So, what kind of farm was it? Was it a, a vegetable farm, growing potatoes and things?
1: Yeah, it was a very, it was a very mixed farm. Um, my parents sort of struggled to buy it, to own it. So, we were sort of always. Never had any cash, so it was what things were really extremely tight all the time. We didn't even have a sort of a color telly, we'd have a black and white one where everybody around would have a color one. But is that my parents always say, Well, the money's all in the farm, you know, it's all yeah, it's making the mortgage repayments was probably more than anything. But, um, the very diverse parents, we had a huge array of different crops from. My mother and father both working together in a farm from things like, we had quite a large area of polytunnels. So my mother would grow things like croissants for funerals as a diversification, from tomatoes to red peppers to chilies. And this is in sort
0: of the 60s and the 70s. That's incredibly forward thinking, isn't it? It was, yes. And they
1: used to grow a lot of sort of fruit and veg for pick your own things: strawberries, raspberries, tea berries, different berries. And so with all that going on and living in the middle of it, it was, it was probably quite a magical place to grow up actually. To, yeah. And we still had, didn't really do the sheep thing, but we had cows on the farm cattle and we had, when I was little, we used to have dairy cows, but didn't have sort of Frisians. We had Guernsey's in Jersey. So it was big, big, proper full cream milk and, um, yeah. and, and the whole thing. My mother used to keep turkeys for Christmas. So we used to have this big shed full of turkeys. Gobbling away in there, and we used to. Have that's to amazing, there.
0: isn't it? Gosh, what a diverse—you know—what a great place to grow up, as you say. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah,
1: it's very magical. So it was in the in the middle of deep dark Hereford, which people mixed up with Hartford anyway. But it was.
0: <laughs> it, it, it Hereford's it, it, in a nicer, exactly. nicer, part of the country, definitely. Yeah. So, so that's what sort of got me into it. That's that's really interesting, isn't it? It's amazing how where you start off and and i hear from people on the podcast sometimes that their interest in food came from necessity because somebody in their family wasn't good at cooking or other times somebody's good at cooking and and you come into it because of their you know yeah. because because they're good at it but it's funny it can be either way but it, it you know definitely the environment that you grow up in definitely Plays a part in what you expect, what your expectations and what you believe you can do coming forward. I guess.
1: And 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 now looking back, I think that was a very privileged upbringing. Although it's quite a humble, a very poor, but having Mm -hmm. real real food three times a day, having seasonal veg and never frozen out of season veg. And living through the seasons, the smells, being on the farm. Yeah. When I look back at that, I wouldn't change it for the world. I think it was a phenomenal, very privileged upbringing to actually be at the forefront as well of yeah. making it and growing it.
0: And to learn from them about all of that, just to take it on board, really, whether you thought you were learning it or not. it's It's phenomenal, isn't it?
1: And, yeah, and when I was young, I used to go and stay with different people in town in their houses, and I, and and once I'd look around the house after five minutes, I thought, "Well, what do you do? You know, you've you've got where well, it's nice to get if you're an outdoors person. It's it's nice to you know." So I think that's that again is quite privileged, isn't it? Lucky yeah. to be able to have that that's opportunity lovely. to go and run around in the countryside and feel it.
0: I grew up in Scotland in a house in a village, but we backed onto fields and things, so. always you know was able to to get out and get muddy and normally wet in my case it was a revelation to me when I moved down south and didn't and realized that it didn't rain every day (laughs) but I I still love it and I I mean I live on the in the west of London but near a big natural woodland and every day get out with the dogs and and walk in the woods and things I couldn't cope with not having access to that countryside I think it's such a
1: yeah it's great isn't it
0: yeah and it was a godsend in the last two years when I could 10 minutes from the house I could be in the woods and then I could you know have space to feel safe and walk about and everything so I think you appreciate it all the more don't you You
1: do definitely
0: yeah what first impression do you hope that you give people when you meet them
1: I think I've had time to think about this one. And I think the first impressions from whether you're to other people or other people to you has got to be to inspire. So I'd like to think that I could inspire, not not just tell them what they want to hear. But no. I think when you meet somebody, somebody, it's always nice to learn something. I think when you've left somebody and you've met them for the first time, if they've taught you something new you didn't know before, that's great because that meeting was, was worth was worth the yeah. time and I think the whole compassion of of sharing and learning is is amazing so so yeah my, my biggest thing would be inspiration I think to inspire and to be inspired, inspired in my by life this. now is everything
0: yeah no I think that's I think that's really uh, that doesn't surprise me about you I, I think too you're a person that enjoys people so you're naturally interested in what people are doing and what they're saying and things. Am I right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody That's thinks I'm crazy. That's probably my first impression. And I probably even think I am crazy. and call myself mad. We can't use the mad, but I think I am because I probably flick around a lot and I've got an overactive mind and I, there's never enough. There's always more things yeah. to do and to think about. And, and, and I, I, it's so exciting. I think life every day is a lifetime yeah. and, and to maximize every day and and my speciality is food for all those different reasons. Yep. I've focused on food, not just growing it, but manufacturing it and branding it and making it to a brand and taking it to the public. It's the whole magic of brand story. We all yep. love stories. And I think inspiration and stories are the two.
0: The, the things two, that excite you.
1: We all need those, don't we?
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think entrepreneurs and, and people who have their own businesses generally have that kind of mind, don't they? We, we've been helping another client put a strategy together in the last couple of days. And we've been laughing about how we we did it on a PowerPoint. And, and he was just talking and we were trying to see where we were going with something. And we ended up with about 52 pages. And he said, yeah, I knew my head was busy, but I hadn't realised it was that busy. You know, I, I do think I, I always could see something else that we could be doing or want to do something else. And I love being involved in other people's food businesses because I have to learn things, I have to understand something from a different point of view. You're always having to learn, whereas I think if you just stay in one thing, I mean, I I worked with a poultry processor early on in my career and I realised then that when I read magazines and things, I would only absorb the stuff that related to poultry, whereas if you're kind of in a a bigger area you have to learn a lot more and i learn a lot from clients and from what they're doing and then can pass that on and share that with other people and things and i love that and i think you're probably in a similar place yeah definitely yeah yeah no
1: no, it's fun isn't it I, i think the whole thing is is and we're in such exciting times now it's incredible yeah. that you know we spent the last what 50 60 years of society pasteurizing refrigerating making food safe getting rid of all the bacteria nuking food the whole evolution of sugar and the beige food and the sort of the whole mm. take takeaway and fast food and convenience and sugar laced syrupy drinks and now we're trying to I I love the cusp now of trying to get rid of all of that the last 50 60 years of all that industrial processed food Sugar, all that bad sugar. And people don't know why sugar's bad. for them. A lot of people think sugar is just going to make them put weight on, and it's just yeah. calories. But it's not that. It feeds all the bad bacteria in your body to which you have so so little. And even sweeteners are probably just as bad because yeah. your, your bacteria think there's a party coming, and it doesn't come, so they get even more angry. So so the whole change of the whole food market now against industrial processed food back to real life is it's
0: I'm trying to eat seasonally too because I mean in this country we wouldn't have had the mangoes, the melons mm. all year round, the you know the grapes no. and things. If you think Av-
1: avocad- about avocados 12 months of the year.
0: I know. If you think about all those things you can see to you then even just natural sugar how much more we've got in our diet which means that we really absolutely don't need to put the the stripped down processed sugar in there as well because it's just it is too much, isn't it? And, and, and I as think you the, say, then it upsets all your balance.
1: And, and the, my, but I find interesting as a farmer looking at it as a producer, not as uh, not from yep, the other end. A I think exactly. I think it's it's we are very producer-led, and the producers haven't been the farmers. The producers have been the industrial processors, these large food brands. Do you know ninety-five percent of the food we eat in Europe? all comes from something like nine brands there are nine key brands that own all of the food so it's all industrial processed sugar led, you know rubbish food that that yep. is owned by and these guys are huge they, they do actually own the industry so this revolution is, is a fantastic um time
0: and often they think about things very differently because it's about process it's about how much they will lose in the pipework of a factory and there's a almost a disconnect with the fact that they are producing food and the quality of that food affects the quality of all our lives and and everything else so i think it is good and i think it's great that it was lovely to see during the lockdown the number of people that started to bake bread yeah. which just means it's it's like growing your own veg if you grow your own veg you understand the work that goes into it so you appreciate the food, and, and very often, if children are in families where they grow veg, they'll eat veg where they might not have otherwise. And I think just that understanding of everything makes you appreciate it more, doesn't it?
1: It does, phenomenal. And, and we're such exciting times that I think these big companies, the food industrial food processors, are like pharmaceutical companies. Pharmaceutical yep. companies don't make money out of healthy people. They only no. make money out of poor poorly people. So they're not interested in natural remedies, healthy food. No. They're just interested in fixing people. And also but-
0: they can't trademark natural remedies. No. So they don't then do the drug trials on them to see what they would do. They try to replicate them in a chemical formula, which so exactly so, so counter-intuitive, the word intuitive like- isn't it?
1: It is. With, with, with like gut microbiome and small soil microbiome, it's not been in anybody's interest in the last 50 years to have a healthy gut microbiome and a healthy soil microbiome. But now all mm. of a sudden it is. People want sustainability. They want the understanding about soil that you can't just keep taking. You have to no. feed it. It has to be life full of worms and the whole activity. And that you it. need
0: that whole cycle of different foods too going through it and you animals do. and everything, yeah. you know, that... Nature is far smarter than most of us are. Exactly, <laughs> and well, kind of was ahead of it all, and we've just undone it. And now we're having to rebuild it. It's quite funny, and, really, and, isn't it?
1: And food education is so sad. There's some things that really annoy me at the moment. Things like plant based. Everybody's going yeah. plant based crazy, but even cows—they eat plants.
0: You know, everything. Yes. We're all plant based, aren't we? It's just, and we're all dependent on that healthy balance in yes. that and, my, and we, that as, part of our system, our ecosystem. As a
1: farmer, if we didn't have any animals, we didn't have the the, the, the cycle, how are we going to feed our crops? So we, yeah. we do need this balance of compost yeah. and, and food to feed the land, to regener- yeah. regenerate. So there is a, a great degree of common sense that needs to come in rather than a financial gain for these yeah. guys. It needs to be a degree of common sense, isn't it? Driven from the consumers, not from the, not from the people in the middle. Yeah.
0: In, in 2018 and 2019, I was very fortunate to work a lot in Tunisia. And one of the things that I loved there was everything was seasonal. They had no, because I if I said to them, oh, that's an amazing shakshuka or harissa or something, you know, if we got it from you, when could we get it? They'd say, oh, we could make that in February then. And at first I was like, well, why couldn't we make it next month? And they'd be like, well, we wouldn't have tomatoes next month. And there was no, I mean, some of that is the economics. They can't import a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff because they don't have cash. But but it's also, I always have said to them, hang on to that. Do not be persuaded to bring in, you know, glass-grown tomatoes from the other side of the world that are barely red when they arrive with you, because you're absolutely right. If you do it at the time that those things are in peak season and then you put it in a jar, which is how your ancestors would have preserved it too, you'll get a much better product. And I mean, they were making amazing sun-dried tomato products and harissas and things. But I also loved, as we drove through the country, You could tell where you were by what they were selling at the side of the road. So you'd see mounds of fennel and then half an hour later, loads of oranges and things, you know, and they're much more connected to that. And then they're eating seasonally. And the, the whole allergen thing, which I was trying to explain to them so that they, you know, could comply with what they needed to hear, was almost alien to them. They'd never met anyone Coming into a restaurant saying what they were allergic to, and, and for us it is because often we've gone down such a narrow path, and you know, people say I don't eat that, I don't eat carbs, I don't eat this, unless unless there is a reason for you not to eat it. You know, eating that very varied diet is is the best thing for you too, because then you don't become over dependent on any one thing in your diet.
1: Uh, Yeah, And and that, again, back to the education, is is like local food. People think local food is not just growing next door to you. Local food is food, seasonal food from your country, isn't it? Food that doesn't have to do air miles or sea miles, and it's fresh, it's seasonal, whether it's whatever part of the area. So I think that's a fantastic point, that people don't really understand what local is. And when you've got movements like slow food and even the Organic Association, that's where... People are suddenly beginning getting interested in this now, and and that is yeah. a, a fantastic point.
0: And the farm that you're on now, or the farm that you have now, is it organic? Is everything there organic?
1: Yeah, um, we are we are now 100% organic. And I wonderful. I started out as a very ambitious career. I wanted to grow i grew thousands of tons of potatoes at my peak as a sort of a commercial farmer if you like we got mm-hmm. up to about um fifteen thousand tons of potatoes growing and you know i thought organics was for guys with um, little pointy beards and sandals and little round glasses and tree huggers and i thought these were you know people found themselves in an organic department in a in a retail store they were in a, a place where it was just overpriced designer food whereas i think the way the world's changed now that now mainly from the public they actually want to understand sustainability and they want to understand soil microbiome organic is is suddenly is is phenomenal it's so powerful and the sad thing is you can buy organic from anywhere in the world and it's not probably quite produced to our organic standards but but our farm here you know and, and, and there's nothing more organic about this farm because our orchards have been here since the farm maps have got, got 17th century have had orchards Not on them. So this there's, there's all these orchards around here have had 300 years of having apples. So these fields have never been plowed or farmed by modern methods. They're all you know undul- undul- and, undul- and so the microbiome, that soil's alive, and the wildlife, and the whole culture of it is yep. is just absolutely phenomenal, and it, it it's just bursting. So going from a conventional farmer to an organic farmer, without me sounding weird about it was was the thing was i was worried i was told by everybody oh but the pests and diseases are going to come and take over but what's the most amazing thing with this farm is they the predators we're not killing the predators so they're all building up so there's amazing balance now of nature so naturally yeah na- naturally occurring yeah so so it, it's phenomenal it's, it's a natural balance it's a bit like your own microbiome if you take lots of antibiotics and things And you kill everything dead in your body. You're going to be so immune to diseases and different things where it's like the soil. If you wipe everything out and kill it, it can't give anything. So it's um, no, you only get out what you put in, as they say.
0: Yeah. And and the way that you respect it and treat it is what you get. What yeah. do you think your parents would make now of your return then to organic farming? Do you think they would have a, a wry smile about it then?
1: Yeah, I think they would love it, actually. Not that they were organic farmers, because it was a struggle no. without the the pests and diseases and everything doing their turn anyway years ago. But yeah. but I, I yeah, I think definitely because of that passion for live, healthy food. So there are things like... A lot of green crops, you know, if you imagine you're eating green crops, because we used to plant Brussels sprouts and different brassicas and put these dip washes and these things to get rid of. And they were quite strong stuff. These these things are all banned now. There's so many chemicals that are banned and we're not allowed to use today. But it's but having all that fresh life, healthy food and living off that, I think if you're if you're somebody of the soil and you're a true farmer, you're you're doing it. To, to, uh, all the best farmers are actually just custodians. They're not trying to yep. milk their farm for cash. They're tr- it's no. their garden. It's their home, and so they're trying to feed it and look after it as if it's their own living organism. I guess.
0: And they're happy to eat what they've grown as well. You know, yes. you know. And I I I work with a a bakery business, and the MD there is is a woman who has two children, and her husband is the main baker in the business, and it's Sarado Bakery. And they say we will let the kids eat anything that we make. And I think that if you feel like that about your own stuff, if you're not apologetic or uncomfortable about it, then you know that that you're going the right way about it as well. If you if you wouldn't have any qualms about putting your name on it and as you're doing now with with all your apple cider vinegar products, do you know. And I think that is real testimony too, isn't it? That that you are happy to put your name to those things and have people know that they're yours.
1: Yeah, I think um, that, that, that's an amazing point, that is. Uh, all brands should have somebody stood behind them. There's, there's things like if you take Riverford Organic yes. bed, you've got a guy, he puts his name behind it, he stands behind it, he'll have a rant, he, he, he's an amazing guy. If you've got more people like that in business and all brands are true, to their yep. roots they don't hide things and we got so many fake brands today where they go and outsource it you know like i could buy apples apple cider vinegar concentrate from turkey like most of these other brands and mix it up and, and and have it organic but whether it actually be true you know we can make it taste nice by adding apple juice
0: or something to it but it wouldn't be it's a, not going to do for you what your product would do for somebody
1: no, I think brands all came about they say because people were cheating they were putting sort of flour in with sugar or different things or or, yep. or trying to extend things and products weren't reliable and food's so hence even things like Sainsbury's I think these all these brands came alive to put a stamp like Tate and & Lyle and and, and all these different huge food brands originally came out to guarantee that that was that product was consistent and it was yep. it was what it was so I think that that's a good point so it's it's, it's genuine brands, but we are in today in this time of a lot of fake brands where people make up twee stores and they've got some nannies knitting hats or something to sell something. And it's it's quite twee and fluffy. But I still think the genuine think
0: consumers people- more, especially younger consumers, are digging into that more. And we'll yeah. see through it. And if you're not authentic and if you aren't living your brand, That's right then I do think that unravels quite quickly nowadays. It does. And also because we can all share information and, you know, companies that would like you to think they were small companies or companies that have been small and then have been bought into by bigger brands and things. I don't think that always, you know, I think big brands see that as a way of getting in among challengers and things. But I think... Yeah. Consumers don't necessarily respect it in the same way once that happens.
1: No, it's cutting corners, isn't it? There's even mm. people with waters and some drinks brands putting organic, and they're, yeah. you know, they're they're, they're they're I think there's more to it than just ticking the boxes. We've, we've seen an evolution in the last few years of words like crafted and handmade and artisan and all these words that people have tried to put as a mask over. But it's, yeah. it's got to be true, hasn't it? It's and, got to be true.
0: That's right, now, one of the things that I love to ask, and I think you said earlier on, there's never you said there's never enough time for everything you want to do. you know there's always lots going on. i We always say too much of what is never enough and And I think if you're if you've got an active mind that's got loads of projects and things going on in it, I suspect too much time is never enough. <laughs>
1: Yeah, too much time, you can do anything. Too much sex, too much good food, too much good wine, isn't it? It's um it's amazing. It's it's yeah. it's it's a, it's everything in a balance, I guess, isn't yep. it? And it's um and too much yeah, and there's never enough time, is there? There's not enough time.
0: And and funnily enough, I've just recently spoken with Francis Gimblet, the best of British cheese expert, and and he said that work life balance. And making sure that while he was passionate about what he did work wise, that he still had time for his family and things. And I think, I think that's lovely too. If you can consider that and and watch that, if you can get there,
1: I think that is because it does consume you. It consumes yes. me once you once you mm-hmm. get into something if you're going to live it and get into the part, it does take over. And it's mm-hmm. and something a real success. I I felt and to do something. You can't just switch off. It's there no. all the time. So it's like being possessed by the business, and the business owns you. And it's mm. it's a really tough one, isn't it, to to try and, try and get a balance.
0: It is, and I think it is. It's like a seesaw, isn't it? It doesn't stop. You always, if you sometimes something happens or you're launching something new, you have to give that part of it more time. But I also think it's about stepping back and doing the other part. And it's about us all not being afraid to do it. I mean, when we're recording this today, I'm actually, today is my last day until next year. And I spoke to somebody yesterday and I said, that's it, I'm gone until the 10th of January from tomorrow. And he said, yeah, but you will answer emails, won't you? And I said, no, I won't. I really need that time off so that I can come back. And I think particularly after the last couple of years where everything's been constantly changing, And if there was an opportunity, you felt you should take it and get on with it. I think a lot of people are feeling tired and like they need to step away a bit. And I think it's very important that we do try and have that balance. And it'll never be 50-50. But if you at least are aware of what time you want to spend on certain things or with certain people or never to compromise on having a dog walk in the morning in order to fit in a, you know something else then I think I think that matters too yeah that's a
1: very good point isn't it because it's more so like with me there's there's never enough and there's so many ideas and I've all these new ideas going on different things but for people that come and join the journey the hardest thing for me is they've got to have their own life as well and so it's it's being able to being able to take all these things on, but then when you're having too much or you're getting overloaded, it's to be able to step back and get other people to to take the strain and to get because to get things done, the only people I've seen have actually really got things done are very emotional people. I, I get yep. so I was so cross. i probably embarrassed myself many times how cross I would get with the situation if it wasn't working. Because yeah. it's not not people would take it personally, but it wasn't personal, it's just the fact yeah. we've got to do this. And I think the thing that's probably impressed me in my life. From having the idea to build Tyrrells in October 2021, by April 2022, I had a fully functional Christmas. You factory. mean 2002
0: and 2001? 2002, sorry. 2002. You're ahead of yourself. I You've already got into perfect. next year.
1: We are crazy. Sorry. Yeah. Me. So so 2001 yeah. to 2002, in six months from the idea and a shed full of potatoes, we had a fully functional that's amazing. with, with a it? with the brand working which i surprised myself by that in six months but i was yes. very very emotional and it took over and i wanted to get it done and i was you know looking up the road every few minutes to see if the container was coming down from america with the stuff and tracking things and making sure that everything was going to happen right through to designing the packets to learning suddenly how to start frying chips and you know That's degradation amazing, oil, oils and flavors and the whole thing that goes with it so it's it's, but it's quite amazing what people can do, and it's it's like inspiring. And and I think that's that's a really a really good subject because at the moment today is a lot of people have got an excuse not to do things. You know, it's that like, especially men. A lot of men say, "Oh, I can't do shelves, or I can't fix the car, I can't because I don't know how." But today, you turn your computer on, you can do anything. It's so YouTube simple. YouTube it. <laughs> you can do, YouTube it. It's all there. Google it. YouTube it. It's all in there, isn't it? So. It- so it's no, incredible what we no have access to for anybody not to be able to fix anything or do anything because it's it's all there it's just there.
0: Now on that, you and I have spoken a little bit about this already. You talked about people that inspire you and things, and one of them that you mentioned was James Dyson. What is it about him that excites you so much?
1: It's just his his attitude, and he'll openly admit he got to where he was by the downs and the lows of yep. you know his his wheelbarrow with the big wheel ball in it was going to revolutionize the wheelbarrow world but it was on the demise of that that he actually got into the bagless hoover and then he got into other things so it's like me my catalyst if i wasn't deciding to be a potato farmer in my 20s and going through a hardship i wouldn't have suddenly and then a potato trader i wouldn't have decided to suddenly turn my potatoes into crisps and build Tyrrells and do that and then fry veg and then bill is still are in Distill my potatoes into spirits so it's it's all this journey and you've got to be in it you can't just sit at home waiting for your widget to come along and get you you've got to be out there so i think with his but and to be inspired by People in the past that have done things like Isambard and Brunel, the things he did in his twenties yeah. and thirties, and they didn't have that computers. We still
0: marvel at now. Exactly. To... Look at
1: look at Bristol. Look at the suspension bridge yep. and the things he did with the boats and his engineering. Phenomenal. Yep. And he didn't have anybody helping him. He didn't have a mentor, and he wasn't have. No. He didn't have crowdfunding, or he didn't, he didn't have, have all Google. these. Well, no, he didn't have any of that. <laughs> no, he, he didn't have Google or YouTube. He just went and did it. So yeah.
0: And had the courage to do it. I think, I mean, I think that's a big part of it too, isn't it? And and not to be put off when you fail or, you know, when things don't work. And you and I spoke, I spoke to you about the fact that I did a chocolate brownie business, which I probably never should have done. But I was flattered when we sent somebody brownies and they suggested that if we made them, they would buy them. And so I found myself in the middle of a chocolate brownie business. And then when it was getting bigger, and somebody suggested that I might not want to do consultancy because I might need to spend all my time in the brownie business, I can still remember saying, but I don't actually like it. Then you think, why am I doing that? I mean, there were things Mm -hmm. about it that I did like. I loved some of the interaction that I had with consumers and things, but I also hated mundane routine, every day being the same. I'm much better at sorting a mess yeah helping somebody get a clear path and a clear idea of what they're doing and then let them maintain it and i I think i didn't like that rigidity and i mean you say you know you don't like following rules to some extent or you don't like being told what you can and can't do and and i think being like that makes you push boundaries and and see what you can do which is often a a good thing to
1: see. It's quite often people say to me, "What you know, why did you sell turrils? You had a beautiful business and it was um but, but frying stinky crisps and saturated fat oils and the stink of the oil and things afterwards and everybody that worked on site it would getting your hair, it gets in everywhere. It's not, it looks glamorous, but it wasn't, it was a stinky Chocolate brownies
0: are the same. Thing. You can smell of chocolate for weeks, do you know? And, and people would say in the bakery, when they went home at night, their families knew what they'd made that day. You know, yeah. it, it, anything. Uh, and, what,
1: and what you're doing to pe- people as well, it's, that's yeah. the other thing, especially with snacks. We all know how bad snacks are, especially with things like intermittent fasting and different things yep. now, and healthy modern diets. We just mm. shouldn't be eating, especially heavy saturated fat snacks mm-hmm. as well, Even even worse. So that that was Are you
0: an intermittent faster is that something you like? I'm trying or to a... do
1: it. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to trying to meditate as well, but that doesn't last yeah. more than 5 seconds, but it's um but well, we're working but, on it.
0: Do you know too that's something. I always thought I couldn't meditate because as soon as I give myself space I start thinking about things, but I've heard recently from a lot of people that you don't need to not be thinking of anything to be meditating and I think it's about finding a way that that you can focus on something.
1: Well, I guess me being a man, not being able to multitask, I put all my feelings. It's much now, easier then. I'll, I'm breathing. Yeah. yeah. So if I just think about yeah. breathing, breathing in for six seconds, out for seven seconds. Yeah. So I've had this awful thing in my life. I would wake up with my you know, at three o'clock in the morning. I start thinking and these little gremlins have come out of my mind and they go around on this merry-go-round and start reminding me of things I should be doing. And then before long... You've got hundreds of them, so you've got to get up and you've yep. got to get a pen and write it all down. So when this starts now, I just start breathing, and so yep. thinking about breathing, breathing in for six seconds, out for seven seconds, and the next thing you know, you're filling your body with oxygen, you're taking everything out of your mind, you're you're asleep again, and off you go. So, so and you've m-
0: emptied your head. Meditation
1: yeah. for if you're a very busy person, the best way you can do is try and just focus on the breathing,
0: on your breathing. And, That's good. and, That's I, and so I think good.
1: And, and breathing. When I heard about breathing, sort of ten years ago, Abita and and mykonos and different you can go and do breathing courses you think wow who on earth wants to go and travel to go and do breathing <laughs> yeah. and or,
0: and who knew you needed to learn how to breathe yeah exactly. yeah
1: and it's it's, true. it's incredible the power of um of, of balance of of you know and we're all too, we're all too busy we think oh, our body's doing the breathing on its own but then when you do think about it when you're getting stressed or you're probably it's not taking very too, big you breaths can anyway. stuff like
0: that exactly and a bit a bit of sound bath music and you know yeah. it's amazing how that can just switch you out as well Absolutely. it's lovely isn't it i um have we had a family friend we, we called her an aunt but she wasn't related to us and she had been a yoga teacher and i mean she's she died this year and she was a day off 90 when she died And she had been a yoga teacher. And when I was young and stressed in my early twenties, she taught me to imagine myself somewhere that I liked being. So on a beach, was it warm? Was it cold? And to imagine the air from that place coming up, you know, Mm -hmm. from your ankles through your feet. And I still use that exercise if I find myself up in the middle of the night or my brain is thinking about stuff and. I never generally get beyond about my knees and then I'm asleep again. And it's a great thing, just a, a way of focusing on things. And I, I similarly, somebody else, I, I'm i not massively good in enclosed in spaces and was a bit freaked about having to have an MRI scan at one point. And a friend taught me to visualise being on a huge staircase outside a country house and out into a big garden and things and I can do that to distract myself if I feel myself feel mm. like everything's closing in on me. So, you know, sometimes you have to as you say concentrate on something, so concentrate <laughs> on your breathing or concentrate on that story that you can tell yourself just to How do you do yourself. how do you
1: do that? Then what do you do? What's your what's your solution to that? You know, you're getting stressed, claustrophobic or life is going How do you switch off and
0: make myself a cup of tea? Tea some yeah, LEA, so that's yeah. my solution to everything. And just even the fact that you have to stop, put the water in the kettle. I always put mm-hmm. fresh water in, so put fresh water in, you know, brew your tea, heat the teapot, or heat them, you know, get your mug out, let it brew. And actually, I've been using some little tea bags recently that have a QR code on them. And when you press, the, when you scan the QR code, it plays you four minutes of a piece of music while your tea brews. It's the cleverest thing because it just means you stand still and listen to this music while you're waiting. And then that's the perfect amount of time. And at the end of that piece of music, your cup of tea is ready. So doing that or doing some of those visualizations works for me because otherwise, you know, if, if there is a space Mm-hmm. my head will fill it with something so if I can be intentional about what I fill it with it works better for me definitely
1: and that's all there is is that is a the therapeutic bit and and I, I wish I'd learned mm. this earlier in my life just the secret Do you don't of think they should teach us
0: this at school
1: because I, I had some MRIs and CRMs this mm-hmm. year scans and, and, yes. and I, I like you got really claustrophobic but then more is the anxiety and especially if you're not sure what you've got wrong with you and and or if it's in there and how bad it is and whatever and and to manage this i do think breathe for me breathing is 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 a great whether you're trying to give up alcohol or cut Mm -hmm. down on alcohol or or you're trying to eat less fatty foods or or all the things you want to do for me i think each of us has to find our own catalyst in life to find the
0: way to to make you want to do exactly. it exactly
1: it could be it could be stress at work i think stress at work is a big thing as well yeah. so so without suffering burnout and getting stressed up again for me it's just breathing i think if yeah. more people can un- understand how to breathe and and the art of eating good live food so your yeah. your second brain is your gut yeah so if you can put these things together it's it's but it's human beings we seem to be very bad at sort of Educating ourselves on these things, don't we how yeah. to manage it?
0: but I also think life skills and how to balance your you know just as much as knowing how to balance your personal finances is necessary for you, knowing how to balance your life is a skill that we should be taught and mm. and I think there should be i think now there probably is a bit more discussion in schools about mental health and how people feel and things, but you know for so long. So many people thought they were the only person that was feeling a certain way or and I in my early twenties had a huge depression and I honestly, genuinely at the time didn't know what it what had sparked it. And I still think it wasn't one thing, it was several. And a bit like you said about, you know, Terrell's you would never regret doing it, because you learn a lot from it too. If I had the choice not to be depressed in my 20s, my early 20s, or to be, I would always choose to be because of what I learned about how to deal with that. And also because of how I've been able to encourage other people, the number of people that I've persuaded to go and seek help by explaining to them that I had been as low as they were feeling and have managed a system that allows me to get myself out of that when I feel it happening. So,
1: so do you, do you? I think sometimes some of us need the lows to get to yes. the highs. So long as you don't stay down there, because no. I'm I'm on an emotional roller coaster in my life. Some days I get up and I don't want to speak to anybody, and I'll close the curtains and and go back to bed and not see anybody. Then other days I get up, and I want to set the world on fire. I want to take it all on. You can't be up there all the time. No. So I think if you do go down there, you need something in your life i've i've been so i've genuinely been suicidal in my life right and it's mm. and what annoys me is when people say oh it's a disease it's not a disease it's something it's this pain it's this thing that's closing yeah. in so you need to escape and you need to and i did it when i had it quite bad by running away to australia for eight, eight, eight weeks and i went and lived out there and i thought i could migrate but then i sort of grew up and came back again and faced my problems and got on with it yeah. but it but it's 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 say it's just whereas like running away from things or even breathing just yes. to me it's just even breathing it's that stress or that thing you're not looking forward to or or getting over your anxieties and your problems but I, but the most interesting thing with today is that people talk about this stuff whereas it wasn't <laughs> long ago no
0: you know they wouldn't it, expect all, about it
1: all crazy people would have to go off and, and, and have electric shocks or something be and be locked and, away and we don't talk about things whereas whereas everybody if they've got a bit of a bad day now they, they, they've got a They've got a problem. So. It,
0: it's okay to acknowledge it. I also think when you've had it very badly once and you know that you did come through it, it's less frightening. I, I was yeah. recently talking to somebody who was having a low and she said, I'm afraid because I know that when I felt like this before it went on for a long time. And, and I said, yeah, yeah, but you did get out of it. And once you know that, because I, I can remember the first time, I think it was the thought that you might feel like that for the rest of your life is very frightening. But if you know that it is a phase and that there is a solution and you'll be able to get yourself out of it, I think it's a lot less frightening the second time round or the next time. Or... And, and you think
1: about all the anxieties, and things you've worried in your life. Yeah. What, what, were they really all that bad in the end? No, they weren't. So it's, no. it's a whole conditioning, isn't it? To, um, but but it's, it's such a difficult thing to, to master. But I, for me personally, it's just the fine art of breathing. I think fermenting, really? we are what we eat. I think mm-hmm. looking at COVID, how many people have started baking? People say now they're about depression. Or go baking, go baking, go cooking. Isn't it great? To, even if you cook on the ceiling, you know, you're like a, a man like me. I'm not a very good cook and it goes everywhere. But no, I enjoy it. <laughs> it's fun.
0: It's, it's, it's as therapeutic. long as you enjoy it too. Even, even you chopping know. things,
1: chopping veg and chopping things. Isn't it fun? And, and it if your timings aren't correct, it doesn't matter. It's just and,
0: – And if you've got good starting ingredients – it doesn't need to be complicated. No. I've, um, you know, I've I've found a, a sauce recently. A, I don't know if it's a sauce is the right word. Um, an oil base with chilies and things in it. And it was called RAYU, R-A-Y-U. And then I mentioned it on the Guild of Food Writers intranet group. I said, I've just found this and it's really tasty. Yeah. And then people said... Just poach an egg and put a spoon of it on it. Or just, you know, and suddenly I found all these other people that had found something similar and then somebody else said, actually, I think there's a bit too much oil in that one. And so they said, I've made my own. So I just got the ingredient list and and made my own and toasted some sesame seeds and added the chilies and things to it. And it's lovely. And I love, you know, that could transform a Brussels sprout coleslaw. It could try, you know, anything. It doesn't need to be complicated. And I think often people have watched Master Chef, the professionals, and think that that's what's cooking. And yeah. not many people, you know, these guys spend a whole day putting one dish in to so serve four. You know, it's not real yeah. life, really. That,
1: but, that that that's that's a fantastic point, and 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 I think probably fermenting is the new baking. Yes. And I think you're seeing so many, we have so many young people now write in about different recipes and how they ferment and different ferments. And and there's so much enthusiasm for it that it's it doesn't and happen just like that. And you can get like
0: fermenting that. jars and things now too to yeah. make that easy for you. I was in the garage today and I thought, oh, there's a funny smell in here. I hope that's not something bad. And then I realised... It was a couple of jars of homemade sauerkraut, one of which has got loads of fresh turmeric and pineapple and stuff in it. And the other one has a lot of garlic and some beetroot and things in it. And they're they're just out there so that they're ready for me in January when I want them because they're a bit obnoxious if you keep them in the fridge yeah. because of the the valve on the top of the lid. You know, the smell of them isn't that pleasant in an enclosed fridge. Um well we've, we've got we've got that yeah in, in our
1: kitchen in our restaurant we have, with the guys have been making some some ferments and if you're not careful it's 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 that's why i think it's a good thing to be doing in a separate place really isn't it but it's yes it's, it's it's that that's what i'm passionate about now is the whole art of of the bacteria managing the bacteria in fermenting and this is something in the last 60 years as a farmer and a food producer we've done our best To eradicate, to 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 remove it, and now you're putting
0: it back in, and now now
1: it's suddenly it's okay to have bacteria, and 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 there is good bacteria, more good bacteria. It's about eighty five percent good bacteria in this, isn't it, and only fifteen percent bad. So is
0: is one of the great things too about you know like small cheese producers and people they have you know they say eat the rind, the rind, and and you know and that's the bit that so many people discard, and you should on a big mass produced cheese because of everything else that might yeah. well be in it but but in a small producer's cheese that's like your penicillin it's your it is. You know, it's, the, it's what's going to make your microbiome sing really so it's brilliant isn't it to be able to do that
1: i had some old Comté the other day and it was really old stuff mm. and it was amazing i never really noticed because i would have just cut it off the rind before mm. but the rind it was incredible the taste of it how it had how it matured it had taken out compty from the the cheese on the inside to the outside air it's it is it good isn't phenomenal.
0: it and and again then we're not wasting anything and we're making good use of things and yeah. you know which is super as well
1: and another point on that i think is fascinating you now is is people now the pickle juice is worth as much as the pickles in our diet yes. and for us Whereas yes. it wasn't long ago that you'd get your pickles and you'd chuck the juice away and you just eat the pickles out the inside. Whereas now yeah. the juice is probably as important to the occasion as your as, as the actual pickles themselves. So it's the England cricket team are, are being subscribed with pickle juice to uh, is that right? To, yeah, to stop them getting um, yeah to stop them seizing up and to uh, yeah. to keep them
0: free. So it's brilliant, isn't it? They need some of your vinegar.
1: They do. Yeah, that's what it's yeah. about.
0: Yeah. Real mother. Send, send them some of that, I think. Um what do you know now about yourself that when you look back it surprises you that you think, I never I wish I had appreciated that that I was like that and not everybody is, or what what do you wish you'd known earlier was one of your strengths or good character traits, or
1: gosh, that's a good question.
0: And um I think <laughs>
1: I think in in the past, when I finished the talk i've i I've, 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 I want to get a reaction i always said there's three things in life you should do it's is the, the first one is is always identify your weaknesses. Because we all know our strengths, so mm-hmm. all of us know our strengths. Even if we say we don't, we do know our strengths, but we don't know our weaknesses. Second one is don't go to bed with anybody you work with, and the third one <laughs> is is never a good be one. It metaphorically obviously, but and the, yeah. thir- and the third one is or or physically, but the third one is is then is never be jealous of your competition. Always, always. Look at the competition of copying you. That's something good. But if there's a competition yeah. of doing something you're not doing, then that's the time to, to fret about it. But but I think in answer to your question, that my weakness is, I, I think the whole of society, we're in the wrong jobs. Most people. I'm, I'm recruiting now for Willies for a new brand, and yeah. I want a whole team of people to go together. I don't know why, but I'm doing it again. And I and the next chapter, and I want a team that come together. You enjoy it of, of entrepreneurial type beings that don't need to be organize they can organize themselves and they mm. and they love the the whole thing the, so the hardest part about that is that most people and they don't realize how much power they have they don't know the ability they have and they're being put down or they're in the awful corporate companies where they don't think they can go up and they're not
0: they're not well, they're in, not being but, encouraged what we to said step at the beginning, outside. exactly yeah. we
1: said right at the beginning we said what's the most important thing that I would like to do, or you would like to do for ourselves and for others, and that's to be inspired or to yeah. inspire. So I think that's so to be able to get self-confidence. So I think self-confidence is the number one. Mm-hmm. And you can't do you can't as an entrepreneur you can't do something unless you believe in it yourself. Unless you're a bit yeah. of a fake and you can sell anything. But to be a real, genuine person, you have to believe in the love and believe in it yourself, and then get people to to follow you. So.
0: And be around other people too, who have that attitude that's a huge thing, isn't it
1: so that's what I've learned is just to surround myself with positive, enthusiastic, not old dinosaurs as well, but young yep. I love young interns ex grads mm. in you know people that do think the world's still flat and they don't question things and they just go and do it i think yeah. I think that's that's what we all need without getting old and getting grumpy and miserable yep. is 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 surround yourself by really enthusiastic, bright, hungry people who want yep. to inspire and they want to be inspired as well. And make
0: a difference and as well. Make a you difference.
1: Know? That's, that's a fantastic question. And, and I think that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? Is to inspire and be inspired.
0: What's the best thing you've eaten recently? Oh, um,
1: the best the best thing probably I've eaten recently, if you put it recently, within being the last year or two, mm-hmm. would be. Um, there's some new restaurants around the world opening up now where they're just focusing on healthy, live, small dishes. So like making yes. making tacos out of crispy lettuce leaves, but you can put yes. oysters and you can put all sorts of things with, with just a few very delicate flavours, like a taco. You'd never believe that something like a taco with a drop of um, cider vinegar on it with a, with a little bit of a... If you've got some smoked salmon or you've got some... Yep oysters or you've got something in you know, or a bit of lobster in there with a bit of fennel and some very delicate elegant flavours on top. I think there's there there are some amazing foods out there now that are not just great big platefuls of starch no all, all the sort of and the after the sort of cordon bleu phase that went through yep. and then this sort of not big heavy sauces but we still had big dishes whereas yes. now but but little dishes of something that is extremely healthy but it is very very light so when you've eaten it
0: punchy and fresh and it, it, yeah. it,
1: exactly so I think we are going that way and, and with all good restaurants now rather than have one big course it's nice to have all these different um, things so so I'd say as simple as it sounds but just using mm-hmm. two things probably the one thing would be my my favourite veg now would be Brussels sprouts, and we, my parents used to grow a lot of Brussels sprouts yeah. when I was little, and they used to be these smelly. Adam,
0: beautiful sprout coleslaw at the weekend, and there's nothing like it. Yeah, a guy called Tom Sensi, yes. He's at Twenty Six Grains in Borough Market, is great. I love his food, and he's a small plates person too, which keeps me happy because then I don't have to make a choice. We can just so, try everything. <laughs> so I think, I think, I think fermented sprouts.
1: Yeah. so you ferment sprouts into kimchi sauerkraut put them in there get them in there but not new varieties that are quite nutty and fresh and these mm-hmm. nice small sprouts not these great big old bitter nasty no. old you know bean cab- sprouts cat- which is what put most people off them isn't it it is so so I, i'd say roasted sprouts i was in one in malibu beach in, in america a couple of years ago and then they're most popular without giving oxygen to the to the name of the house of this restaurant, but it was Mm -hmm. um, the most popular side in there was a Brussels sprouts, roasted sprouts. So I I do think now that sprouts are are just a phenomenal, you know, we've had the broccoli, we've had the broccoli times take over from just spinach and different other veg, but I do do think think sprouts.
0: Do you sprout broccoli and things? Do you do sprouted vegetables like that? Yeah. Yeah. And other I love them as well.
1: And there's so much potential of that. And you can't take it away. Broccoli will always be at the top. Broccoli and spinach will be at the top mm. for a, a long time. So so I think healthy, live, fermented foods is, yep. is probably. And, and the most interesting thing from that is, is I, I've lost my sugar tone. The other day I tasted some ketchup mm. and some Coca-Cola. And it tasted so sweet. It was amazing just how the it's first It's amazing thing, how humans, you
0: do, isn't it? I think I told you that I had come off sugar for a while and then I was brushing my teeth one day and I thought, why is that so sweet? It is funny how, or if I've tasted something for a client or something, sometimes the next morning I think, why have I got a really odd taste Mm. in my mouth? And then when I go back through, I had the day before I had something with sugar in it. And just because you're not having it. And yet I never would have known that I had that taste in my mouth previously. But it's only by not having as much that you notice the effect it has when you do have it. And
1: and that takes us back to the old sugar devil then is is getting rid of the sugar and and traveling around. Everywhere you have a tea or a coffee, people serve it with a great big bag of sugar. human beings. We just don't need that sugar. We do not need industrial process. We make fructose. We make our own sugar. We need a bit of salt because you don't make salt, but we make our own sugar. So this whole thing about obesity is just driven from industrial processed food laced with sugar. And yeah. and and that's where the guys are making the money out of it. But I, I think that's the that's the root of a lot of problems in modern society is just yeah. simply getting rid of that that sugar and
0: and putting back balance. So you can have sugary thing, but you can have honey. Yeah. And so you can't have bucket loads of it, and you know just a small amount. But also your taste buds get used to it. You don't need as much of it. But it amazes me now when I have something like a bun or, you know, like a a roll, a bread roll, and it's sweet. And you think, Mm. why is that sweet? You know, there are a lot of things that have got sugar in them that you just don't necessarily think about No, them having it.
1: No. And and it's, as you were saying, it's about fresh live foods, but this whole art of fermenting, I've learned so much in the last couple of years about the whole art. And like I said, building Tyrrell's factory is great learning about it and deep fat frying mm. things but i don't miss it at all From no. the, from the fun of doing it distilling that all gets a bit boring after a while once you're distilling spirits and things because it just becomes a process but fermenting is is live and all the fermenting we do everything we do is a different batch it's live so so i, I do think that what i've learned from um food and and the thing I, the best thing i've discovered is just live fermented foods and yeah but taking that one step forward, the benefits to human beings is to remove your your sugar tongue, is, is to remove that sugar tooth. If you can do that in life, yeah. not not just for the cost wise, but just for your physical health, yeah. we could be so much healthier all as human beings if we just simply got rid of this industrial pro- processed sugar.
0: Yeah. And it's funny, too, because I, I know when I was on this homeopathic, journey trying to rebalance my gut biome with the help of homeopath and I said to him but what when when you get a cold because you're going to have like cough syrup or something and he said you should at the first sign of any kind of illness take sugar right out your diet, mm-hmm. which, which is amazing, isn't it? Because it was not something that I'd thought of, but you just think then if you're giving yourself cough syrup or something like that, yeah. you're actually weakening your immune system. You're, so, fe-
1: you're feeding your bad bacteria as well. So yes, your balance, your bad bacteria is getting wrong. higher than your good bacteria. So every time you take sugar, you're just feeding those little devils inside you, all of that all that bad bacteria, which, which to feed the good bacteria is fresh life, seasonal veg, local... Produce no sugar. It's it's a no brainer, really, isn't it? I guess
0: it's true. What have you read recently that you've enjoyed? Have you read anything? Is that something you like to do? Mm.
1: I do struggle reading because I find I start reading and then my mind drifts over into Drift. um, drifts off into something else. But I have, I've just focused without mentioning the books. But I have got mm. really deep in the last twelve months on the mind culture. And I've been off to meet different witches and people and talk about it. And and there's some great guys like Peterson. I've read his books on on the power of the mind and about. And and I've given it all up now. I've chucked it all away because I think you can overanalyze the situation. Yes, you can too. So the best thing I've read is is getting into Peterson's books about the mind. Letting Go He's probably one of the best books I think I've read in my life. And when mm-hmm. I finished reading it, I chucked it off the back of the boat and I thought, I'll never, I'll never go back there again. Because <laughs> I don't need to because, do it again. Because because we're trying to analyse the meaning of life. And, yeah. and I don't want to know what's beyond the stars anymore no. because we're never going to find out. So no. I, I think to try and work, overanalyse your brain. So you're brain.
0: not tempted to join Jeff Bezos in the rocket then?
1: No, no, I think, <laughs> I think, well, yeah, if you can afford to do it for fun, it's fantastic. But... I do think you can over... I've seen a lot of people in life. It's a whole entrepreneur and the success thing. Mm. I know a lot of people that should have done so much better, but they've just been unlucky. They've been unlucky at times. I have far more failures than I have successes. My first business when I was in my 20s was a a muck spreader hire business. And Mm -hmm. all the farmers used to bring them back in a mess and a pickle, and I never made any money out of it. It was a big failure. But you've got to have failures in your life to learn how to
0: yeah how to, how to have
1: successes so so i do think there's and a, not
0: to be afraid to try again just because something didn't no. work because i and, mean imagine if you'd stopped then all the things that you wouldn't it, have done it, it, and,
1: and being really ill i was really ill this year and facing the old mortality thing i think you do actually realize that life is not gauged by how long you live but no. it's it's how happy you are every day it's what you can achieve every day and, and what you can get out of it and it's it's doing what you like doing, and that's yeah. my advice to anybody: is to do,
0: do what you love. Something you enjoy.
1: Get, get up on a Sunday night. Don't have a songs of praise moment about going to going to school or going to work on the. Go and go to go to work on the Monday that you're going to enjoy it. But do something yeah. that you enjoy doing.
0: I think I think that's true. We spend far too much time doing it to be doing something you don't enjoy. Do. And then yeah. you're never going to do it as well either, are you? No, if your heart's not in it. If you're
1: clock watching, can you imagine times yep. in your life when you've watched the clock and the time goes yeah. forever? And then the next thing is you're doing something you enjoy and time's gone and, and it's been a And suddenly a whole a day's blast. gone. Yeah. yeah. No, I think
0: that's true. If I was going to allow you to take either three pieces of food or three pieces of food and food equipment with you to a desert island, what would you be picking up?
1: Oh, it definitely wouldn't be CBD or anything like that, like a a craze. It would definitely be a bottle of cider vinegar because as well as for my own microbiome, I can clean my dishwasher with it. I can do everything with it and and even external air conditioner, the lot. So that'd be one of the top of the list. This is a great question. The second one would be an infant supply of Brussels sprouts for my all broccoli. And the other one would be salmon out of all of it i have to have some fish for protein and everything some salmon. Else. Yeah. So, so i've got my at the start my acv i've got my broccoli for my greens and everything or probably mm-hmm. sprites oh, and i've got salmon i think salmon would be the king of all the fish for your protein your omegas yeah. and all your balance your trace elements and so those those three things i think will be my three desert islands
0: if you're on a yeah. desert island you might have the fish yeah <laughs> but but that's great thank you so much i'm glad that we fought through our technical difficulties at the beginning because that was good fun thank you thank you for listening to my podcast let me introduce you with jane milton i hope you enjoyed this episode please subscribe in apple podcast stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you don't miss an episode Please leave a comment to let us know what you've enjoyed or connect us on social media at Jane Milton Food. If you found it interesting, please share the details with other food businesses you know. We always love meeting new food businesses. See you next episode.